listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Tasmania right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Jason Cook, and today we've got David Maxwell joining us from Launceston for his series, Are You Listening? Welcome, David. Hi, Jason. Good to see, good to see hear you this morning. I nearly yes. said good to see well, you Well, we this could morning, see each other a little bit earlier because we're on a, uh, a video call. So. <laughs> but right. yeah, good to, good to have you with us again, and uh, you'll be continuing on with your series today, Are You Listening? And um, it's always good to start off your program, as you've been doing, with a proverb. There's so many pieces of wisdom in proverbs. So what have you got for mm. us today? Yes, you're right. There are so many pieces of wisdom in in Proverbs. Well, today I'm picking a a, a proverb or a chapter that we've looked at before, chapter 20 of Proverbs, and I'm looking at just two verses today, uh, or sorry, three verses, 22 to 24. So let me read them, and then I'll explain why I picked these ones. I'm reading from the New King James, and it says, Do not say, I will recompense evil. Wait for the Lord, and he will save you. Diverse weights are an abomination to the Lord, and dishonest scales are not good. A man's steps are of the Lord. How can, how then can a man understand his own way? I've chosen these verses because, in essence, these verses speak to the core of our character. Mm. You know, if we want, uh, if we want to get even with people who do us wrong, or rather than leaving it with God, you know, the, there's other verses that say. Um, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. So if we have this thinking that that we want to get back at people, if we want have this, this feeling like, oh, I just, I can't stand that they did this to me and I'm going to fix it up and maybe thinking like that rather than thinking, well, maybe that person needs a bit of help. How can I help them? How can I pray for them? Um, then perhaps our character isn't yet what it should be. Mm. And I actually saw an example or had an example shared. It was was another David (laughs) that I was speaking to, and maybe he might even hear this and remember the story. Uh, He was ringing up to pay a Telstra bill. And when he he got the, the receptionist or the person on the other end, the person seemed agitated and angry and, you know, frustrated and, and blunt. And he just paused for a moment rather than, you know, responding like we do and get angry back. He just paused for a moment and thought in his head, well, I haven't done anything. Uh, she's only just answered the phone. I didn't say anything or, you know, I wasn't rude. Perhaps this has got nothing to do with me. And he just simply asked her, hey, are you okay? Because something doesn't seem right. And as he did that, this lady broke down, you know, and she, mm. he, he found out that she had a, a daughter who just died from cancer. She had breast cancer just diagnosed and, and she didn't know what was going on in life. Mm. So he was actually able to think about her. And to me, that was a more developed character. You know, it was, it was someone who's actually been able to allow God to change him a bit. 
And so perhaps if we're not like that yet, we need a little bit of work to do. And I, I see that this is what this, uh, this parable is actually speaking about. When we cheat people, we steal or do all these things that, that are really, um, well, many people would even say if they're not Christians, they'd say that that's wrong. Then, then again, this is our character shining through. And, and these proverbs today, I think, are a good lead-in text for our program that we're looking at today called Kingdom Character, where we're going to look at the kind of characters and behaviours that are exhibited, and I say are exhibited because they do come through mm. by those who are uh, in God's kingdom, both here and forever. So that's, that's why I picked those, those proverbs today, because it points to character. Uh, it sounds interesting, and of course, um, as we develop in our Christian walk, our characters should be also developing and maturing, I guess, and uh, that's what we're going to be talking about a bit. So uh, yes. do remember, though, all of our past episodes you can catch on the Faith FM app. You can download that from the app stores on your phone or tablet, Faith FM Australia, and uh, grab that, sign up an account. You can share the programs with other people. You can listen live to our live streams. Um, all of our live programming goes on the app as well. So, And, of course, all the past episodes. And the same thing with the Faith FM website. It's a great mm. place to listen uh, both to our live stream and also the past episodes. So do also remember our show number today. If this is the first time you're listening, 0488 880 891. That's 0488 880 We'd love to hear from you today. Text us in. We've got a free book offer coming up. We've got a question. Um, even just share with us uh, where you're listening or if you've got uh, anything you'd like to share with us, text us in today. We'd love to hear from you. So, Ooh. David, we've been going through a whole bunch of topics. Would you like to do a quick review before we get into today's one? Yeah, I think we've, you know, looking at the review uh, this morning, I think we've covered a lot. We've We've really gone a long way with what we've looked at so far, haven't we? Mm. You know, we've looked at the trustworthiness of the Bible. Uh, we've looked at who God is. We've looked at why there's evil in the world. We've looked at the eternal solution that God put in place to fix a problem that we caused. I think that's that was a fascinating one. Mm. Um, we've also looked at how we join this eternal kingdom of God. Um, we, we've looked at how the Holy Spirit, God, God the Holy Spirit, we're going to mention that again a little bit later today, but God the Holy Spirit empowers the church here, God's, God's kingdom followers, if you like. And we've also looked at um, behavior. We're going to look at more attitude today uh, and character, but we're going, but we looked at behavior and we looked at how obedience comes from a changed heart. So we're kind of expanding on that topic today. We also then looked at uh, a special gift that God gave us called Shabbat and how he wants to fill us on that day and, and, and make us complete spiritually. And then last week we looked at how we manage the things that God um, entrusts to us when we looked at um, uh, stewards. I thought that was an interesting one. I hope mm. our listeners enjoyed that. And we're still happy to get feedback from any one of those programs because, um, you know, perhaps we haven't covered something clearly and as we go through, maybe we haven't clarified it. So please get in touch. Mm. Do text us in any questions that you've got. And even mm. if they're not on the topics that we're presenting, we're still happy to take the questions and we can see whether we can answer those as well. Yeah, um, that's great. So uh, Kingdom Character is our topic mm. 
mm. for today and how would you like to get us started off on that today? Yeah, well, kingdom character, kingdom character. We, we want to we look at the kind of characters that will fit into God's eternal kingdom. What do they look like? And not only what do they look like, because, you know, once we show a model, people go, right, well, you know, I'm really strong. I'm going to get that model, you know, and we try and make ourselves be a certain way. But we're also going to look at the motivation behind the shaping of the characters, both here and forever. Mm. But before we go to a break, I want to ask our listener question today. So this might be a personal question. So if you'd be willing, could you call in um, or text in and, and, and share this question today? What is a character trait that God has changed in you? So this is a personal question, but if you're happy to share it, please text in and, and let us know. For me, I'm going to be transparent here. For me, it's my patience with people. I wasn't always very patient. Mm. Now, you might think, oh, that doesn't sound like you, David. But it was. I used to be really rude and blunt and impatient. You know, when I was working in IT, people would come to me and I thought they respected me because they would come, you know, almost cowering cap in hand. David, can you help us with this? And I realised later as I looked back and reflected, it wasn't because they respected me, it was because they feared the way I behaved. Mm. You know, I was rude. When I saw someone coming, coming, I knew here's another job that I've got to put on my list. And I, and I was busy. I had three computers, three screens, and there'd be something happening on every screen. I could barely spare a second in the day. I'd, I'd have a very short lunch. I'd eat at my desk. There'd always be something to do. And so when I saw someone came coming, it would be great. Here's another job. What do you want? <laughs> mm. And I was really rude. Mm. And and I, I wouldn't like that person. I don't like that person. And I'm glad that God's changed me. And I'm sure that some of that might still come through occasionally in my life. Uh, but it's something that God has changed. And you know what he used to change me? Well, Aged care chaplaincy. Oh, there you go. I was going to say, I was wondering if it was the IT job. But <laughs> <laughs> no, that didn't change. I got out of that. Mm. But, but it was aged care chaplaincy. Mm. He put me in a place where really all you can do is listen. Mm. Listen to people talk. And I began to love hearing people's stories and just sitting and having time with people. And I realised how much, oh, man, I must have offended so many people. And I'm sorry if you're listening today and you were offended by me in the past, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was a rude person. But this is something that God's worked with in my life. Mm. And uh, we'd love to hear your experience of what God's changed. Mm. So the listener question? What is a character trait that God has changed in you? We'd love to hear from you. Text us in on 0488 This is Don't Waste Your Life by Ginny Owens. I've been trying to make a living But I haven't got a life Chasing dreams with tunnel vision I'm running out of time Somewhere I lost what I've been missing I look but never find I never find No Stop long enough to pray for wisdom and I waited for an answer Opened up my heart to listen What is it I'm here for? And in the noise of all my questions I finally heard a whisper A still small whisper 
on Faith FM, and we're talking with David Maxwell this morning on his series, Are You Listening? And we hope you are listening today. And today we're talking about kingdom character, and we asked you a question before the break. The question was, what is a character trait that God has changed in you? We'd love to hear from you. Text us in on 0488 now, David, uh, before the break, you said something about um, that we're going to be looking at the kind of characters that mm. will fit into mm. heaven. And, mm. and uh, when I heard that, I sort of thought, well, what sort of characters are going to go to heaven? And uh, yeah. I'm thinking of, you know, like characters in a movie, in a, uh, a play. <laughs> but yeah. uh, we're really yeah. talking about character traits, which traits. you've got in your question today. So That's correct. Um, yeah. What sort of uh, character traits are we going to be... Um, Seeing in heaven, I guess, is what we're looking at today. So, yeah, that's it. And uh, you're also going to be looking at motivation because obviously, mm. Uh, mm. obviously, over over our lifetime, as we walk closer with God, uh, things change in us, and um, we need to look at that. So, 
Yeah. Let's uh, let's get into this today. Sounds good. Sounds good. So a character is very, very important because it's really uh, who we are. And as someone said, when no one is looking. So who you are, the, the, the phrase is who you are when no one's looking is who you are. Mm. And that that's actually very thoughtful when you think about it, because we all wear masks you know we put a mask on we say you know we come to church we dress really nice but uh, if anyone saw us outside of church they might go who's that Mm. i can remember coming back from a fishing trip and seeing one of my church members once and i pulled up in the driveway and i hopped out and i've got my beanie on and my slacky jacks and you know my 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 jumper and they think who is that Mm. (laughs) and as i got closer they said oh you don't look anything like you do on a saturday you know, and, and, and that can be a little bit like our characters sometimes. So mm. given that God sees everything and he knows us to the very core, we might fool others and sometimes we even try and fool ourselves. But you can't fool God. And today we're going to look at what a godly character looks like. Uh, and, and, and we're also going to look at the motivation for having that kind of character. But first I'm going to pray, then we're going to read our texts for today, and then we're going to get into it. So let me pray for our listeners. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that you're a God who who sees the very core of who we are, and yet you love us immensely. As we open your word today, Lord, we pray that you would speak to us, uh, and and may our listeners hear your voice. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. So, as we as we kick off today, I'd like us to read Ephesians chapter two, four to ten, and I've chosen the NLT today because I really like the way that that version puts it. So, mm. could you read that for us I, today? I, I do love this uh, version for these verses as well. So, mm. and they are some of my favourites. So, it says in Ephesians two, verse four to ten. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much, that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved, for he raised us from the dead along with Christ, and seated us with him in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us, as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Mm, Thanks, Jason. There are some really powerful words in there Mm. to think that in the future God will point to us Mm. and say, you are an example of my grace to mankind. He'll Mm. look at you and he'll look at me and he'll say that. And I just think that that's so humbling, Mm. you know, really so humbling. So as we, as we kick off today, thanks for reading that, Jason. As you as you said, I really love that version. <clears throat> a story was told once of a slave who was really resistant to being a slave, and I can understand why you'd be like that. But he was extremely difficult and wouldn't work. He wouldn't work willingly. He, they really had to make him work. One day, his uh, his present master was trying to sell him off because he'd had enough. And he's at the markets, and as he's trying to sell him, this slave is standing in the market, and he's saying, I won't work. You'll never get me to work. 
And this was putting off some of the potential buyers. They thought, well, this guy's going to be hard work. And anyway, a, a, a very wealthy man came along, a wealthy gentleman, and he came along and he started bidding for this particular slave. So the slave looks right at the wealthy man and he starts yelling, I won't work. No matter how much you pay, I won't work. The bidding goes on and on and eventually the others stop bidding and, you know, the, the bidding quietens down and this man is the only one left and he wins, he wins the bidding. As they take the slave to the new master, he continues to shout, I won't work, I won't work. The new master goes, oh, uh, sorry, you're mistaken. I didn't buy you to work. I bought you to set you free. Mm. And the slave was astounded, absolutely dumbstruck. And then he realises that now he's free. He falls down at the feet of the master and he says, Master, I'll work for you for the rest of my life, willingly. This, this motivation has changed in the man. You know, when he realised, when he realised how he was being treated. And today we're going to look at the motivation for the way we behave as followers in Jesus. Mm. It's a very good example, isn't it, of, uh, mm. of being saved by grace um, mm. and how his attitude changed so dramatically. Absolutely, absolutely. So you may have heard that Christians believe we are saved by grace through faith. We read that mm. kind of in that way in those mm. texts. But what, is, what does this actually mean? Okay, what is grace? But grace is, is simply doing, um, or it's simply the goodwill of someone or their kindness that they show to us. That's, mm. that's what grace is. Mm. And unmerited grace is kindness that's shown to us when we don't deserve it. Now, I'm going to share an illustration, and uh, I won't tell you who this applies to, but I can tell you it's very personal. <laughs> <laughs> an example of this unmerited grace, it could be displayed in a court of law. Let's say you've been caught speeding for the 10th time. You lost a bag of demerit points. Uh, you find yourself in front of a magistrate who's about to decide whether or not you're fit to have a license anymore, Right. You really don't have an argument to plead because mm. you were caught fair and square and on one occasion you were doing more than 20 k's over the speed limit. So you've got a cop it sweet, right? Uh, let's say the judge looks at your age, the way you're dressed, your work, your social history, and, and by the way you've presented and by what he can learn about you, he, he sees that you're generally a good person. You just have a bent for speed. You just love speeding, Right. And you can't blame someone if they've if they've been um, yeah, flying, for example, and they love to they love that speed. But nevertheless, he can see through your demeanour that you're sorry, uh, your constant speeding. You realise that, you know, you could have really hurt someone doing that, and but you're in front of the magistrate for the first time. So he decides that he wants to give you another chance to change your behaviour. And he simply gives you a fine and a warning and he says, if you're back in front of me again for speeding, I'm going to take your licence away for a very long time. Mm. But for now, I'm going to let you keep it. You don't deserve the leniency, do you? No. no. You, you've done nothing to show that you've changed, you mm. know, ten times, let's say. Um, uh, you've done nothing but reinforce what others might think, that you're a dangerous driver and you shouldn't be driving on the roads. This is unmerited grace. 
And it's what God does for us, each one of us, through Jesus. We don't deserve to be forgiven. We've done nothing to earn the forgiveness. In fact, the law says we're guilty of death. But even though we don't deserve it, God has chosen to provide for us, each one of us, the means of salvation or restoration to him. And all we have to do is to take a hold of it and believe we're going to be saved because of it. That's what the Bible means when it says, for by grace you've been saved through faith. God provided the grace. It's his unmerited favour, but we have to take a hold of it. That's all, right? Mm. So God's done the work. We've got to believe it and we've got to accept it. It's hard for us, isn't it, when uh, so much of our life is based around our own achievements and our own uh, actions and our own efforts to really Mm. um, grasp this concept that salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, as it says in verse 9 there. So um, we can't actually do anything except (laughs) accept accept you know the the yeah. gift that it, that it is that that's right we can't add anything to what god's done because it was enough in and of itself and if we if we say that um we we uh, we have to be accepted by god by being good we're saying that salvation wasn't good enough mm. we've got to do some more but we can't add to what god's done mm. and it doesn't mean we don't do anything mm. it just means that no matter what we do those things don't make us any more saved. Mm. In fact, uh, many of the founding fathers actually affirmed this in the Bible. They, they said the Bible teaches us that we're so completely disconnected from God because of our sinful condition, there's no way that we can even choose. They called it totally depraved. Mm. We can't even choose to, to uh, choose him. We can't even choose to accept him. And this is the ability to choose to accept him is even given to us by God, you know. That was an amazing discovery of mine that, um, that you know, we, we tend to think that faith is our own, but, but there's a verse that says mm. that God has given us each a measure of faith. Mm. So even the mm. faith that we have comes yeah. from God himself. And yeah. uh, and that's a gift in itself. So yeah, and and we don't even deserve that, but mm. that's what God does because of His great love for us. But we'll dig into that more after the break. Mm. Well, remember our question this morning. We'd love to hear from you. What is a character trait that God has changed in you? Do text us in zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. We've got a book offer coming up. It's called Surprised by Love: The Unexpected Rescue of God's Children. Stay tuned, and we'll give you more info about that. This is Since Jesus Came by One Glory. I've wandered in the shades of night Till Jesus came to me He saw right through my brokenness Say, come follow me And with the brightness of His love Bid all my darkness flee I'm walking in the light of love Because now I can see
feel it all With Christ who lights my way He's given all I'll ever need To walk this narrow way With the faith He's given me I can always say I have sunlight in my soul program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we are speaking with David Maxwell this morning. And this is his series, Are You Listening? And uh, we've been talking about kingdom character. And Ooh. before the break, we're having a discussion. Actually, before the break, we asked you a question. And let me uh, repeat that. What is a character trait that God has changed in you? Zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Um, I think for me personally, to answer that question, I think God has uh, been working on me for a long time to make me more trusting in certain areas of my life. Mm. You know, there's certain things that we like to control. So perhaps uh, I've become less controlling of my own sort of circumstances. We think we're in mm. control, but we're not really, are we? Not and, really. No. And I've become more trusting of God being in control. So. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if that's a character trait, but anyway, that's my answer. <laughs> so no, that's good. So before the break, uh, we're talking about the fact that even the gift of a little faith that we need, and it says by faith, through grace, by faith, or through faith, mm. <laughs> that mm. we're saved. But even that faith is given to us. It's uh, not out of anything we've done. It's not that we deserve it, but it's undeserved mm. kindness that God has given us. So um, the question that I have is that... Uh, even though nothing that we can do, you know, increases our ability to save ourselves mm. uh, or increases uh, God's desire to save us, mm. but instead um, 
you know, it's a free gift, but, but why do then does it matter? Why is it of any importance about what we do then? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a really good question, Jason. So I'm going to answer the question with a question. Okay. <laughs> right. So for you and your wife to get married, if you, if you want to do it, you have to ask her, don't you? Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And if she, <laughs> if she wants to marry you, she's got to agree. Yeah. Yeah. Right, so or ask so me. both of you, yeah, that's it. <laughs> it oh, can yeah, go the other can, way. <laughs> she can take the lead. That's yeah. fine. That's fine. But you both have to do something, don't you? Yeah. Now, if you let's propose, let's suppose you go and have a great big ceremony. Um, you say the vows. You agree to love, cherish, obey, uh, all those other things that you agree to. And then the very next day, you buy a fishing boat and you go out with your mates for the next three months, and you don't spend a single day with your wife. Mm. Is it marriage? It doesn't seem like <laughs> much of a marriage. I would say no. Mm. Uh, is it what you signed up for? Is that is that what she and you signed up for? Probably not. No. Is it what she expected? Probably Definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> and is it right? I'd say no to that as well. Why not? You're married. Mm. You signed the papers. You made the agreement. You made the commitment. You signed all the legal papers. You fulfilled the requirements of the law. So why can't you just do what you want now? Mm. That's crazy thinking, isn't it? Mm. But it's how many people view God's law. Mm. They say that because Jesus has done everything to save us, he's fulfilled the requirements of the law through dying for us. Even though we join with him again, we can just do whatever we want now. Mm. Now, that's not sound thinking. And when we put it in that framework, we realize that, well, that's not for sound thinking. Mm. You know, behavior reflects the attitude to what we're choosing to be a part of. Back mm. in the wedding example, if we choose to marry our spouse and we do all the things that show we care for them, we do those things precisely because we care for them, not because that's what's expected or it's what we signed up for. We don't do them so they'll love us more. You know, we don't care for them when they're sick because it makes them love us more. We do it because we love them. Mm. You know, we don't leave them go fishing with the guys for three months straight after getting married because what it would actually show is that we didn't care for them, wouldn't it? Mm. And we were just in, for, in, the, in the marriage for some other reason, for what we could get out of it, perhaps. So it's interesting to note that in Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter 10, that the very words used here actually show that it's not about following rules to be made acceptable to God. Because it says, if I go back to those verses and I read them, it says that we are his workmanship. Mm, we're not think, our workmanship. I think this is Ephesians 2 verse 10 we're talking about. Oh, yes, yeah, sorry, yeah. Ephesians 2 verse 10. Um, we're his workmanship. That means... Uh, we, uh, if I say, if I say, um, the telephone cabinet, if you still remember what a telephone cabinet is, it's what comes to mind that I've downstairs that I built when I was at school. Mm -hmm. If, if we say the telephone cabinet is my workmanship, it means I made the telephone cabinet. Mm. So if this verse says that we are his workmanship, it means we're made by him, we're mm. shaped mm. by him, mm. not by ourselves, not mm. by what we do. God is the one that fashions and shapes us through his indwelling Holy Spirit. He's the one that makes us what he wants us to be. We just have to be willing and let him do it. That's the key, isn't it? Being And that's being the willing. key. Yeah. That's the key. That's the part we play, mm. isn't it? Yeah. So it means, by the way, that our spirit 
uh, uh, sorry, our body is the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And, and I mean God, the Holy Spirit. Now, I, I want to read, read 1 Corinthians for you because it emphasizes this point, a very important point, actually, in, uh, in 1 Corinthians. I'm going to read this from the New King James, um, if I can find where I put it. <laughs> uh, let me just come to Corinthians, and you can hear me turning the pages. Mm. Uh, I like to read it from the, the paper versions. So 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and I'm going to read 19 and 20, and it says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? You were bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's, mm. as, in, as in they belong to God. Mm. So the way we treat our bodies reflects the attitude, our attitude to God. You know, if we just, ah, who cares about my body? You know, God wants to live in us. And I don't fully understand this enough to be be able to explain it to people. But the God of the universe, the part of God of the universe called God the Holy Spirit, wants to live inside me. And so the Bible explains this is... Uh, well, why would you want to go and do all that really sinful stuff and take God the Holy Spirit to those sinful places and do that stuff? Why would you want to do that? What it means is if we're serious about our relationship with God, we want to ensure that our body's actually fit for him to dwell in. Mm. And that's physically, spiritually, and socially. Firstly, physically, what we put into our bodies, how we treat our bodies, uh, do we eat the best we can, do we exercise, do we get enough sleep, there's a problem for me. I don't get enough sleep. <laughs> uh, and all the other things that we do in our body are, are really important for the proper functioning of our body because everything we do physically affects our mind. Mm. So if we don't get enough sleep, our brain will be foggy in the morning. Um, we find ourselves not able to make good, sound decisions sometimes. So the physicality of who we are affects the spirituality of who we are. And when we uh, look after our physical bodies, it actually helps to reflect that, hey, uh, what I do with my body matters to me because I know that I matter to God. He made me. He's my, what do we say? He, uh, he, we are his workmanship. Yeah. Masterpiece, yeah. Mm. He cares for our physical well-being. What we put in our minds, what we read, watch, listen, and spend our time thinking about, those are things that make a difference to our spirituality, our connection with God, our ability to be the people he wants us to be and put ourselves in the environment he can change us. And also socially and externally, you know, how we associate with others, what activities we spend our time on, that shapes who we are as well, shapes our character. Mm. So ultimately um, what we do is a reflection of uh, the relationship that we have with him. Yeah, yeah, that's mm. right. That's right. Our actions actually display the depth of our faith. You know, or, or the acceptance of what God's done on our behalf. It's not some brownie point system where, where uh, you know, I do the good things. I do enough good things, God will say, great, David mm. makes it to heaven because he did enough. Mm. No, no, it's, it's what I do because of the relationship that I enter into with God and how I feel about that relationship. Mm. A bit like the marriage example I used. Mm. 
And it's so up, it's upside down compared to most other aspects of the world where we've got to earn mm. earn our mm. <laughs> rewards, basically. Yeah, so. yeah, that's right. Our book offer is called Surprised by Love, The Unexpected Rescue of God's Children, and this is by Elizabeth Talbot. Uh, this is the story of God's love for his children, his excitement and the plans he's made to be together with them through eternity. It's also the story about the kidnapping of God's children and what he did in order to rescue them. The first ever women's sharing book shows how God simply refuses to go through eternity without you and me. That's our book offer today, and uh, stay tuned for the code. It'll be we'll give that away straight after the break. This is uh, my heart is filled with thankfulness, and this is uh, Keith and Kristen Getty.
listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're finishing our program today uh, called Kingdom Character on David Maxwell's series, Are You Listening? And before the break, we promised you our book offer code today and the book offer was called Surprised by Love, The Unexpected Rescue of God's Children. And our code today is LISTEN16, LISTEN16, no spaces, text that in to 488 880-891 and we've got a number of copies to give away so do text us in now if you're listening uh, not on the the date today which is the uh, 22nd of June then um, hopefully there'll still be copies left so do try and text in your code today listen 16 we had uh, someone text in we're not sure of the name so if uh, this is you maybe text us in again and tell us your name but uh, this is a great message just as god gave us hills and mountains to climb to make us stronger challenges to stretch us delays to teach us patience i used to think he gave us marriage to get us to heaven from a character development point of view and mm-hmm. that is true but when I had a child, I realized marriage was just character development 101. <laughs> this is really uh, what David Leo has been talking about on his series to do with family. Learning mm. to be a good parent is like taking on a character development master's degree. <laughs> These daily ever-changing challenges turn us to God for wisdom, for patience, mm. for clarity. And it can be a 30-year course. These mm. mountains are gifts to teach us that God wants us to grow. His mountains are blessings, the greatest of which being when we reach an impasse on the narrow mountain track and need to mm. trust him enough to jump out and hold on to the cord he dangles in front of us. So the deepest core of all character development is trust leading to total surrender. This is righteousness by faith, passive mm. righteousness, passive character development. Wow, there's a mm. lot of truth in that. Thank you for sharing a long message, but uh, thank you very much. And uh, do share us uh, your name with us. So. Um, and uh, thank you for texting. If you've got any questions or anything else, uh, let us know. And anyone else who's been listening today as well, we'd love to hear from you. So, David, um, <clears throat> we've been uh, talking about this concept of, of character. And mm. you said that our actions display the, the depth of our faith. In other words, mm. they're a reflection of our relationship with God. Mm. And and you know how we've accepted that gift uh, of uh, of salvation, mm. and uh, and it's it's not a form of merit or mm. a form of uh, you know brownie points earning our way mm-hmm. to heaven. So, um, how would you like to summarise up today's program? Yeah, thanks very much, Jason. And and I like the title of the the book, and I also like the author. Surprised by love, love is really the essence of what we're talking about today. Now, Elizabeth Talbot, if you've never heard her speak, maybe um, go onto YouTube and and listen to a couple of her presentations. I really like the core that she gets to about the love of God. So, great book, great book. So I'll start answering your question um, and summarising what we have said today by um, continuing with the marriage illustration, the perfect marriage. Uh, how, how do you know what a perfect marriage is? Is it by having one or seeing one? Well, probably seeing one, perhaps. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, no, having one, having one. Is that I a trick it's question? A bit of both. <laughs> it's, it's a trick question. It's a bit of both. You know, you read books, you, you read information, you, you read about people who've written 
from their experience. So, yes, it is having one, of course. But it's information on people who've tried and perhaps they've even failed, you know, and they come up with workable solutions that help them to get to what their ideal is, their ideal in their experience. And then, then you try and apply those principles to your own life and marriage, don't you? Mm. Yeah, sure. Likewise, if we want to know what proper kingdom characters look like, I think a good place to start would be to find a perfect example, uh, if there is one. Now, where do you suppose we might start looking if we want a perfect example of a kingdom character? I think there's a really safe uh, answer that um, you know a lot of children try whenever they're asked a question. The answer is Jesus. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. It starts with Jesus. Hmm. Paul, Paul is originally one of those who were most devoted against the church of God, the early church of God. And he quickly learned that what Jesus wants his followers to be like. You know, God, God had this, Jesus had this, this personal uh, relationship with Paul and, and revealed himself to Paul very, very clearly. And in his opinion, <clears throat> his uh, view of himself changed when he saw who he really was. Romans 7.24 says he, he calls himself a wretched sinner, a wretched man, and he needed to be saved. Now, this is the great Apostle Paul, mm. the great Apostle Paul that writes nearly a third of our New Testament, and he says, I'm a wretched mess. Mm. I, I want to do the right thing, but I keep practicing the bad stuff. This is what he says in Romans 7. Read it. It's fascinating. And then he writes years later to the Christian church in Philippine, he espouses the ultimate goal for Christians to aspire to, a character that's moulded into the likeness of Christ, selfless service to others, really. Let me, let me read it in Philippians. If you don't know it, I'm sure you'll remember it as I read. Let this mind, this is Philippians 2 and verse 5 to 8, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. This is the ultimate example for me of, of that God could give us of what kingdom behavior looks like. And in this example, in this example, we see uh, that offering this humble service to God through a selfless attitude worships God. It worships God. Mm. It lifts up his character to see. Now, as I was thinking about this, I thought, well, does that mean God wants to be worshipped, you know? Uh, he, he needs us to lift him up on a pedestal so he feels good. Is that what worship God, worshipping God is all about? I, I don't think it is. Mm. I don't think it is. Because when, when we glorify God, uh, it, it helps us to build a character that reflects his selfless character. Mm. Now, what I mean by that is when we lift up God, when we worship God, we take our eyes off ourselves, don't mm. we? Or, or other things. <laughs> or, or other things, mm. yeah, that's right. And by doing that, we are nurturing our selflessness and we're fostering the kingdom character that he wants us to have, mm. an outward-looking rather than an inward-looking. So God doesn't need our worship. It doesn't make him feel good, make him feel special. Um, I'm sure it makes him feel good, but he doesn't need that from us. Mm. He wants it because as we do it, he knows it builds our character. Mm. 
because he wants that character for us. Mm. He wants that character for us. So I bring you back to opening illustration of a willing slave. When we understand that God has purchased us, not so that we'll work for him, but so that we can be free from the bondage of sin, and we really understand that it should make us fall at the feet of our new master and proclaim, Master, I'll work for you for the rest of my life. And if this if this is new to you and you want to know more about living the life that God wants you to and having that character, please get in touch and we can help you with resources and contacts uh, to help point you in the right direction. I hope that the kingdom character that we've explained today is something that all of us want to have and that it's really touched point for each one of you today. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, thank you, David. It's a fantastic thing to think about. And uh, I think it's just amazing, isn't it, that when we, the more we submit to God, the more we allow ourselves to trust in Him, the more mm-hmm. our character will naturally develop in uh, as a reflection of Him. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a beautiful thing. Now, um, next week, you're going to be talking about what topic? Community, community. As we dig into and discover what. What God has, or how God's put together a robust framework for intimate community. And in that robust framework, he, he uses it to reflect a godly example um, and show us how we can actually reflect that example. Mm. Sounds like an extension of uh, what we've been talking about today. Mm. Um, and, of course, next Wednesday when we're back live with David Leo, he's going to be talking about a new um, series. It's called The Seven Roles of Christ. Sounds fascinating, so do join us next Wednesday live. And, of course, in the meantime, whatever other programs play, we hope you enjoy those as well. Um, <clears throat> David, we've got something special coming up. I'll t- just uh, mention a peak preview on the 29th of July down in Hobart here. We're going to have a Faith FM dinner, and uh, we're going to invite all of our local listeners to come and join us. So do listen out to Faith FM. We'll have some promos coming up. And uh, you can register to come uh, to that and share with us and, and meet David Leo, uh, David um, Maxwell. He'll mm. be there presenting. David Leo, I think, will be there as well. And mm. uh, I'll be there, so it'll be a great time. So remember our code today, listen16, uh, text in 0488880891. Surprised by love. This is I Live For You by True Vibe. Remember, God is listening. God is speaking. <laughs> Are you listening? Thanks, David. God bless. I was lost in darkness, never knowing where to turn. I thought I had all the answers, but I had so much to learn. Like a child, I had gone astray. Like a father, you embrace me and you show the way back home. And now that I know the truth that you proclaim, I will keep trusting you to fill me up till only you remain. And I will not rest until my every word. Brings glory to your name All that I am All that I do I live for you do, 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 do. 
debt I had to pay. So now I want to tell the world the difference you have made. You have changed the way I live and love and made my heart brand new. Now that we are joined together, I know I'm nothing without you. And now that I know the truth that you proclaim, I will keep trusting you to fill me up till only you remain. And I will not rest until my every word brings glory to your My love.